0: Okay is to a lot of brands and business, they really hesitated, right, to enroll more into sustainable. The business can succeed if you type into sustainability and you can make an impact in the world if your brand, if your service can start educating your audience, your consumer about the importance of sustainable.
1: I think a lot of companies come to the table because of external pressures and that becomes a very reactive approach to sustainability.
0: It's not just about creating, you know, a one-off impact right how can you make an impact but as a as a brand sustain that
1: the balance is really talking about things that are close to who you are what topics are close to either your employees but also your business
0: Hi everyone, here is Mara Genovese, founder and president of MG Power Global Influencer Market Agency. And this is our Influencer Marketing Uncover podcast. Today I'm here with our co-host Ed. Ed is our Senior Account Manager at MG Power. And together we are very happy to be joined by Pia Heinmark-Cook, former Chief Sustainability Officer for IKEA and today Independent Senior Advisor for the brand. With over 20 years of international business experience, working and advocating for sustainability across her professional career, she's a people and planet-centric business leader with passion for purpose leadership, providing that a strong sustainability performance leads to a strong business performance. How are you, Ed? I'm so excited to have you here today with me for the first time to co-host this podcast.
2: Hi Maya and everybody. You know this is my first time on the podcast and I'm super happy to be co-hosting today's episode with you and our very special guests coming all the way from Sweden to dis- discuss with us how brands can inspire consumers to join the circular economy and have a more sustainable consumption. Pia, welcome to Influence and Marketing Uncovered, MGM Powers podcast. First of all, thank you for accepting our invite. As a driving force behind Inga's ethos of people and planet business, with IKEA and Climate Group's electrical vehicle, we are super thrilled to have you today for us to speak about such an important topic. How are you, and can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and your professional experience?
1: Hi, thanks. uh, Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, Yeah, my um, 25 years in sustainability, uh, the last uh, 13 years with IKEA, where the last five was as uh, Chief Sustainability Officer. And before IKEA, I worked in the hospitality industry as head of sustainability. Uh, so and, and then before that, I, I was in academia uh, doing a PhD on sustainability. So throughout my career, um, the red thread is sustainability. But I started out uh, in a business degree. So I've always been working in different uh, business sectors. And, and my passion sits really in this intersection between purpose uh, and, and profit and really building sustainable, I would say, sustainable brands, but really building sustainable business models.
0: Wonderful, Pia. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Very excited about our conversation. It's the first time, it's the first episode that we're just going to focus on sustainability. So it's a pleasure uh, to have you here and having this conversation to share, you know, all about the importance of uh, campaigns with a purpose, but more than anything, campaigns that can transform sustainability of a way of living, right? So, Pia, like today, like you coming from a background of brand working for so many years for for IKEA, uh, and, and by the way, like very very impressed by the campaign that you have uh, done with IKEA uh, with calls buy back, right? That you have done to to incentivate the secular economy, which I really wanted to talk about that later, but I think before just wanted to kind of uh, get your thoughts and just start this conversation that today is still a lot of brands and business, they really hesitated, right? To enroll more into sustainable and getting practices and believing that the business can succeed if you type into sustainability. And you can make an impact in the world if your brand, if your service can start educating your audience, your consumer about the importance of think sustainable. So based on your experience and seeing what you have done for IKEA, so, what's the real power when it comes to the circular economy, and how this can actually, do you think, on your point of view, can directly relate it to a more sustainable success for companies, but also for consumers, right? And to make an impact into the world, into the planet. I think from from many different
1: angles, really. Um, the, the way I see the way I see sustainability uh, and the definition of it is fundamentally economic, social, and environmental responsibility to really looking at all dimensions of uh, of a company. And I mean, no company works uh, or operates in a vacuum. We're dependent on people. We're depending on people in, in the supply chain. We're depending on people as consumers, and we are dependent on the financial system, but we are also dependent on the environmental system. There are very few companies that are not abstracting one, one resource or another to be able to, to produce a product. And I think we, we have kind of missed the, the part of environmental and social, which is more around a business opportunity. So I think a lot of companies come to the table because of external pressures. If there's legislation coming or there is NGOs doing a campaign against them, And that becomes a very reactive approach to sustainability. And I would encourage companies to rather look at the uh, SDGs, so the Sustainable Development Goals, so the 17 different goals, and really reflecting on what issues in the world around us, in society or really from an environmental point of view, do you as a company have competence and capacity? And I would say skills and entrepreneurship to solve the problems and, or maybe not fully you solving the problem, but at least being part of the solution and using that creativity that you have as a company to find ways of solving big problems. And, and not. Uh, what I'm hoping for is a shift in companies where we see new companies, more and more new companies, startups, really not just looking at what's the next gadget that I can sell to people that marginally makes their life better, but I I get a bottom line or a top line, uh, but really starting to look at how can I make money as a company? How can I be profitable? How can I have a purpose that goes beyond just making money for my shareholders and and really have a lasting impact on matters that really, really matters. And, And You see that now with all the startups in the plant-based food uh, space, uh, in food waste, uh, using digital solutions, uh, sensors, AI, and you see it also in circular economy with the platforms. uh, You see it with electric vehicles and, and sharing platforms. So there's a lot of really interesting things happening in the startup space where you, look at the problem and really looking at how can i with my capabilities be part of solving that
0: and then like and i love that you said like it's not just about creating you know a one-off impact right it's like how can you make an impact but as a as a brand sustain that right because we see that often that business and brands and service they sometimes look at what's happening in the world now that I can exactly what you said, that I can jump into it and make myself participate in that movement, make, getting the margin, getting the revenue, and then go to the next one. And I think now, more than ever, consumers, they are very savvy, right? Especially when you're talking about the, the young generation, right? The Gen and the, the millennials. So the way they shop and the way they engage with brands, not the same that I used to engage 10, 20 years ago. So now they're actually looking for brands that actually are making some kind of impact before they engage uh, with the brand because they're much more well-educated and they wanted to make sure that they are consuming and you know engaging with brands that are trying to make the world they're living in better at somehow. And of course, sustainability for this young generation, it's something that they got the flag out there, right? So they are the ones that are creating this movement, especially on social media. And they're very outspoken about the importance that sustainability is for them. And the future that they wanted to be seeing and to be living is a future that is more uh, sustainable. And how like a brand like, based on all you have created for IKEA. So how do you actually inspire your consumer, like let's say the consumers of Ikea, right? To actually embrace that more ethical and sustainable way of consumption, but it's still coming to Ikea as an example, as you work there and create that circular economy and actually inspiring them to actually, okay, Ikea is doing that. I want to be part of that. How do you embrace that with our consumer and making sure that they want to be there with the brand in this case with ikea and be part of that and embracing that with the brand
1: i mean we do it in many different ways and i think the key is in what you just said uh, in terms of uh, consistency uh, in all your channels Uh, and, and when i say channels i really mean all channels so also um, also Saturday night conversations at the dinner table with employees and, and their friends, because if you're seen as just doing a campaign because, like you said, that's the new thing and, and you want to put your brand in that, but your employees know that that's just window dressing, that will come out. That, that the, the, most, the biggest and most important ambassadors are the employees. They are, for a brand like IKEA... They are meeting the customer in the stores, uh, on our customer uh, customer call centers, uh, and even if more and more business is shifting to online, it, it is that interaction and in all the different channels that you reach. So being consistent, being being true to who you are, and being true to where you are doing well, but also sharing where you you have you know s- space to improve, so to say. So I think being. Being true as a brand is, is the starting point. Then when it comes to communi- communicating and you know, marketing what you do, I think it's, a, it's an evolving uh, journey because I find that very, very few brands have really cracked it and that are doing it in a good way. I think that there's, a, there's a tendency if you do too little, then consumers assume that you're hiding and that you're not doing anything. Um, if you do too much, you're accused of greenwashing. So you need to find that balance. And I think the, the balance is really talking to about things that are close to who you are. So depending on the brand you are, to jump out and do campaigns about something that's completely unrelated to your own business, because that's what everyone is talking about, I believe consumers see through that and they really wonder like, why are they putting their money in that? They should be doing this and this. So I think it's really reflecting on what, what topics are close to either your employees, but also your business. So in you, if you're a water dependent in, in industry, do something around water. Don't jump into and do something about uh, another important topic that's not related to your business. And then when it comes to impacting, inspiring consumers, I mean, first of all, you need to have relevant products. I mean, they we have done so much research, consumer research at IKEA. And yes, consumers are way more interested today than when I started 25 years ago, even I would say five years ago. COVID has made a huge increase in people's interest in healthy and sustainable living, but they don't want to pay more. Uh, they want it to be as inconvenient as the stuff they buy today. And I I would really say, why shouldn't they? Why? Why should they have to go to you know, the darkest corner of the store to find a, a few boring products uh, priced at um, you know 10, 20% markup, Yes, because you feel good when you buy them? You your starting point should be I buy the things that I need and want, and they should be of good quality, they should be sustainable, they should be functional, etc. Cetera, etc.
2: Cetera. Yeah, that's super interesting. I think now I just want to jump back into what you said regarding um how these brands and their kind of messaging around sustainability um, and how they should stick to their kind of own remit, their own field and how it looks inauthentic when say like a, the, the water brand are now promoting kind of another part of sustainability. Um, but then I guess over the, few, over the last few years when sustainability has become more of an important topic than ever, um, how do these big brands who previously have had almost like a bad reputation in order to kind of keep their consumers just kind of switch up their marketing strategy like how how do they keep their consumers how do they keep their customers on board and kind of loyal to that brand despite having all these bad sort of media media backlash
1: you can't do a quick fixed media campaign or pr campaign to try to kind of you know shoulder over all the bad things you have done so i, I for me Communication is an essential part of sustainability or anything. I mean, you can't get anything done without communication, but the starting point is not communication. You don't start by saying, oh, let's call for a media campaign. Mm-hmm. You start by really looking at what, who are we as a company? Uh, what makes sense for us to, to do? Uh, and from a sustainability point of view, it's also doing a materiality assessment, understanding where are we the most impacted uh, by what's happening in environment and in social? And where can we as a brand have the biggest biggest impact? And when you kind of have a feeling of that, that's when you can start to say, okay, then it means that we need to do these and these things. And then we can design a communication or media strategy around it. But I think some brands jump into sustainability or purpose and, okay, there's an issue around, um, I don't know, you shouldn't drink and drive. So I'm going to go in and do a cool campaign around that, or you shouldn't, doing bad things in the bar, uh, so I'm going to do a cool thing about that, and that's fine if you're a nightclub chain or you're, right. you know, selling alcohol because then that's your business, that's the, your customers. But I I see too much, I must say, when I go to marketing conferences, and I'm a bit rude, but I see too many campaigns that are just completely unrelated to the company, and I really sit there saying, say well, it's an extremely well executed campaign, uh, and it's emotionally gets you but i really don't understand at the end when the brand comes up and i'm like why are they in this space what are they really adding from uh who they are as a business and the business they do not just that they spend tons of money doing a cool campaign
2: yeah that's yeah that's really that's really interesting and i think authenticity and almost transparency is very key in kind of any marketing strategies and you know we believe here at mgm power that influences are playing you know, a big role in kind of how society evolves. Their power of persuasion and influence is high among the young generation of millennials, and you know these obviously the kind of future future generation. Um, and I was kind of listening to an interview you did in two thousand and eighteen at uh, the new uh, NYC sort of Climate Week, where you said ninety percent um, of individuals are willing to change their behaviour. But willing is one thing and doing and doing is another but how can like how can brands kind of change their marketing strategies to really focus on that change from willing to doing because that's where the real difference is so yeah. I, I don't necessarily classify am I gen z am i might be a, am I might be a gen Z but um you know within, amongst even amongst my close group of friends it's it's that mindset of. willing but how do we how can brands kind of impact consumers to kind of go ahead and take that next step and reduce that 90 percent down to say 40 30.
1: Yeah and we just did that climate action research again uh, this year and we see the same that um, it's a high proportion I think it's up up 85 86 percent still uh, that want to take action and this it's a really high percentage that worry about especially about climate change so there's it's almost this anxiety, especially around in in generation Z and aspirational. And and then it's much, much lower. So half of those who worry or or want to do something that actually take action. And and we see the biggest drivers are not knowing what to do, um, not thinking maybe that their individual action matters. uh, And also, Um, finding it to be too expensive or difficult and and also increasingly feeling like companies and government should do more so I shouldn't do anything they should fix it and I actually get a bit worried when there's all these discussions now that some brands have kind of pushed carbon footprint calculators out there to to, for you to know your footprint and what, what you can do as a way to not have to take action themselves and I fund, fundamentally absolutely believe that companies and governments have a huge burden uh, of action because uh, governments, you know, they should take care of their citizens. That's their mandate to take care of their citizens. Companies have the ingenuity and the financial, often, uh, power to actually make change. Uh, but individuals should not underestimate uh, the, what they can do in terms of who you vote for, uh, where you invest if you have you know, any money to invest where do you invest them uh, if you do any savings for your pension have you asked your bank where the money goes and then of course with your wallet who do you buy from um, so so I think you cannot say that individuals will fix it but you can't either say that governments and business needs to fix it because governments take action when they feel like there's a, a mandate for them to do it. And big companies, small companies taking a step in, in, in a certain direction makes government and policymakers feel like, okay, this is where the wind is blowing. So if I go with a legislation in this space, it might be likely to happen. And we shouldn't also underestimate the fact that by startups or big companies coming with new products, new solutions, it becomes easier to put policies in place. So if you take for example, electrification. Uh, there's a lot of mayors now that are saying by 2025, 2030, 35, uh, they don't want diesel trucks in their city centers. That is a great incentive for more to shift. I don't think it would have happened if certain um, now very big company, but you know originally a very small startup, had put a really beautiful, well designed electric vehicles on the market showing that there's actually a product there that is interesting and then you start to get a shift in behavior so i think the biggest way of creating a shift in behavior is making sure that you have damn interesting products and services to sell because then you'll you'll it's such a small percentage of the population still that are really dark green and they they'll just go and buy something because it makes them feel good But there's a lot of people that are interested in really good, beautiful products.
0: And do you think like that taking action in order for us to increase that we we might need to educate more consumers in terms of how do they actually take an action to make an impact? Because I feel like this is personally the way I see that it's missing brands to not just creating products that are sustainable but also creating content that is more educational right so how can i not just like creating a product that is sustainable let's talk about clean beauty right so now it's like clean beauty two years ago consumers and like we wouldn't know what is clean beauty is about so today you can see that in the industry of beauty every brand is trying to type into clean beauty but what actually is clean beauty who's educating the consumers about what is clean beauty what's the difference of you know a brand that says it's clean and the brand that say that's non-clean is it the ingredient that is in there that is different because i think there's a lot of marketing on sustainability my product is sustainable my product is clean is clean but i feel like you're missing a lack when it comes to educational like content it's like how can I educate consumer to take action, but also how can I educate the consumer about what is clean beauty, what is sustainability, and how to take actions to together as a brand and as a consumer we make an impact. Do you agree with that? That we are missing that educated, edu- educative, you know, content out there, especially when it comes to social media, right? So social media is a huge platform for brands and you know, like governments to come and educate it. But I don't see that much often on social uh, such a powerful platform that is, you know, like 75% of, you know, us human beings are on, on social all the time. So why not use that platform to educate it more?
1: Now, I agree. I think it's just, it is difficult to find a way of how to educate without telling people what to do. And I think as a brand, and I can and to speak from, any, from IKEA, we do not want to be seen as telling people what they should be doing. So the, the individual choice should always be there. And the best way of kind of creating that individual choice to feel not like you're forcing is to have relevant products. So if I take LED, when we decided to shift away from incandescent to LED, at the beginning, uh, an LED sold at 10 euro uh, per lamp, lamp out. And now it's down below one euro. And and that is, of course, because volume went up um, so we could take the price down, but also because uh, a lot of innovation has happened in the last five, six years with LED. So it's just a a better uh, product that can be done uh, at a lower price. But so again, it comes back to to that product. Um, But in terms of campaigns, you need to find that right balance of, you often end up writing these long, long texts because sustainability is quite complex and complicated I and mean, climate change is science. So how do you tell that in a compelling, easy to grasp way? Uh, so, so you can do quite a lot with kind of taglines and these like simple lines, but then you often need that bit more to explain. I find a lot of sustainability on social media, but that's because I'm in the space and I follow uh, have a, a, a follow those who kind of share these, uh, this information. So, so, yeah, maybe younger influencers, how to maybe bring them in and share knowledge so that they can find more find better ways and are more comfortable in sharing that side what i often see unfortunately i mean i have two teenage daughters if i look at uh, the influencers they follow they learn about something and then they say it and then you know my girls come and say oh you can't uh, we can't buy this or we can't do this and did you know this and this in the value chain and i'm like because i'm in doing this as my profession i'm like yes and what they said about that brand goes for absolutely every brand because that's how the industry is Uh, no one can avoid it but I have that knowledge; they don't. So it, it's finding that way, and, and we often end up in this kind of choice editing, saying, "Don't buy that," or you know, palm oil is bad. Which, you know, there's elements of it, or single-use plastic is bad, and blah blah blah. And we find these kind of single activities because fundamentally, plastic as a as a material has a huge advantages to some others for certain functionalities. So it's not an all bad material, but it ending up in the oceans uh, and, and also you know all the chemicals that goes in. I mean, there's a lot of bad things around it, but it's not as simple as to say, let's stop using single uh, use plastic straws in the UK, when fundamentally the biggest problem is in Asia and in the rivers and in the oceans in Asia. So, but it's hard to make something that is systems I mean, systems thinking, it's complex. How do you make it into these kind of snippets and tablets of social media? Um, And that's why you need, you know, not mentioning a brand, but there's quite a lot of filmmakers and producers starting to use their channels to make documentaries or even, and now i don't know if i can imagine but like take bridgerton like you know 80 million viewer uh, viewers a uh, huge success they didn't do a documentary about uh you know people of different colors they just made it look like why not because who who says that it can't look like we have all kinds of colors in the royal palace uh and i'm just wondering can we find more ways through social media, through films and popular media, where we shift the norm. So the norm is not what it has been. So it's more like eating plant-based, not eating meat every day, three times a day. That's normal uh, and it's nothing strange. Um, sharing, you know, taking the subway or a bus or driving electrical or an electric scooter, uh, eating plant-based meals, all the, or sorting your ways, whatever, like all these activities that actually has a positive impact, maybe reflect on, do you need to fly for a long weekend all the time? All these things, if you if you can just show that that life is actually a good life, and uh, it's not about a lot of compromises and saying no to things, I think you can normalize it. And then you will see that tipping point where people start to, I want to be in that crowd rather than in this kind of big, crowd that just makes everything looking everything that's a wasteful behavior seems to have status um and that i think we need to shift and i'm i'm soon going to come to my last point but we did research a few years ago on social media and they together with a few other brands and when we really looked at what are people talking about on social media and what are they sharing Uh, and when they're talking about a good life they're not sharing their big car or their um, big steak or you know all the commuting they're doing to work Uh, they're really showing you know snippets of things they do with their family with their friends being outdoors enjoying the small things in life so it's not fair to say that everything in social media is to show you, you know, your latest dress or your latest makeup or your latest trip. There's so much more really there in social media, which is much more around the, the, the everyday and just being, being in a context with family and people you love.
2: You know, just coming back to kind of your point on that um, around you know, how brands um, kind of on social media just portray themselves as being sustainable and how there's kind of a fine line between so being completely like I'm um, absolutely, I like guess, completely sustainable brand to doing doing a bit. So for like initiatives are almost quite a good way to kind of tap into you know the Gen Z audience. So for example, um, I think a couple last year a couple of years ago, um, Biotherm. I think clean beauty brand um they did an initiative like a clean um sort of plastic waste initiative where they had a load of influencers kind of go to the beach go to the oceans across the world and picking up plastic and i feel like that is very impactful for kind of any 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 of their followers um because it's kind of shown in an authentic way it's something that kind of everyone can do anyone and everyone can kind of do on the next trip to the ocean so i feel you know these brands to really show that they're sustainable and they're doing their bit, they need to kind of come up with innovative and kind of, strategic ways in order to tap into this this Gen Z audience. Kind of a bit like how um you know IKEA are doing with the with the buy back, buy back uh, sorry buyback scheme. Um you know a lack of information I think accounts to about 16% of people um don't want to lead a, a sustainable lifestyle to to um uh, due to a lack of information or it being too expensive. Um, so like the buyback scheme is a, is a great way to incentivize people and kind of really simplify um, sort of the communication around sustainability and how easy it is for someone to get involved in it. Because I guess for, for the Gen Z, they look at sustainability it was like, wow, I'm going to have to change, completely change my whole lifestyle. But it's not like that. You can adjust certain sort of parts of your everyday life in order to kind of do your bit really for for the economy and no matter how big it is it it all accounts to all accounts to something um I think that's the
1: thing I mean everyone no one can do everything but everyone can do something and I think it's that feeling of do something and yes there's sometimes compromises but I think Doing a climate or carbon calculator is a good way to start because you get a feeling of where 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 am I negatively impacting the planet, um, and then reflect on which things are easy to change. Um, like if I take myself, I, I find it easier to 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 change. Like I've changed my car, so I and I need to, to have a car because I live in a small village. I can't get anywhere if I just do public transport. Uh, it's easier for me to eat less meat, uh, it is difficult for me to not fly at all because of the job I've had uh, where uh, I'm operating in the whole world. I can definitely reflect on where I go and why I go, but to say I completely would stop uh, would be very difficult for me to do my job. So there are, there are these elements, but I think it's important to understand where do you have your footprint and it's fundamentally in what, what stuff are you eating? Uh, where is it coming from? Um, how are you getting around? How are you transporting yourself? And how much stuff are you buying? Uh, and then also, how do you heat and, and live? Like those four, that's fundamentally the four blocks of the footprint you have. So I think it's just kind of reflecting on those and thinking, where, where can I start? And then what we have seen at IKEA with the projects we've done and we did in the UK a few years ago, Live Lagom which was really working with families on kind of areas in their home that they could change. And what we see is that you start on something that makes you kind of get into it. And then you start to change another part of your life. And and that becomes kind of a a positive spiral of of just taking more conscious steps.
0: I think it's all about starting, right? I think that is the the mentality because sometimes... You know we think that in order to start and to make an impact and to shift we need to go and do big things but actually it's no with the small things that we can get into to the big big impact down the line but it's just like how to start and i think is is already a great is a starting point you know how can i make a difference on as exactly what you said on our day-to-day lives right so if I see that I eat meat five days a week and I not just do meat two times a week and then the rest of the week I can just, you know, having, you know, vegetarian food. Yes, I can. So it's just like how to find, you know, your starting point. Because I think once you do, then I think you're in a good path to 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 impact and, and making a change. And what I love about what you said, Pia, is just like that connection between uh the brand but not just the consumer but actually the employees right because i think this is such an important element that a brand when it goes you mentioned about a conference that you went and you saw a big big, beautiful film very well executed but you didn't see the connection between the film and the brand but because i think everything needs to start in-house right with the education your employees and and getting the internal objective and education then you can go out there and then spread the message but if you don't do that internally how are you going to resonate authentically when you go out there to promote your brand or to promote your product or raise the voice for sustainability so how at ikea such a huge company right so so many thousands and thousands of employees How do we engage employers to that mentality of like IKEA is a brand that wanted to, you know, be part of the circular economy and be a brand that's sustainable, but we wanted this as well internally for all of us to think and act the same. How do you do that in a such big corporation? It takes time. Uh, You need to
1: start. Uh, You need to be consistent with your message from the top to the bottom. And again, through all the channels that you have, um, I mean, IKEA has about 170,000 co-workers, so uh, in 31 countries, so you need to, first of all, reflect about change management, and yes, you can do a lot of things on the internet, or in, you know, the staff newsletter and all those things, but I think the basic rule in change management is that you listen to the people close to you, and normally it's your colleagues or your boss, so you need to work through that kind of chain of command of getting the message across. I think it's critical that the the CEO and the top management is consistent in their messaging uh, and also then through their leaders. So the way we have done trainings is often we had senior management first. uh, And and then I mean like the top two, 300 managers so that they really internalize uh, what does this mean? And also reflecting and discussing the dilemmas because there are a lot of dilemmas in sustainability and as is in many things. So it's not just a we decide and then everything is easy. So have that conversation and then a lot of trainings. I mean, we we have a lot of sustainability education, um, but I think it's it's even more than that is doing things and when you involve people in action so I actually believe more in action than in communication because I think action is actually a way of communication so if the employees see that this is what they say and this is actually what I'm asked to do on the shop floor and that's consistent that's when they start to really believe and then if there is conflict or non-alignment that you dare to have the conversation of why is it because we have set you know, goals to 2030 because we cannot get there and do all these things perfectly today because it, that would cost too much. That's why we work on a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan or a five-year or two-year plan. So I think it's daring to have that conversation and, and then being also brave enough to have that conversation because when you, once you unleash your employees, they will challenge you back. They'll say, you know what, we're doing this and this and this, it's not consistent with what we're saying, and then you need to have that conversation. Why is it not consistent? How? What can we improve? And also then involve in engaging them, please, to come up with the solutions because they often know the problems way better. So having a having a sustainability team in the company is critical because you need that deep expertise. But believing that they will fix everything um, that that's like shooting yourself in the foot because sustainability is about every function in the company. I mean, sales team needs to make sure that you sell the products, the sustainable sustainable products, that you tell the story to customers, marketing communication needs to get the message out, procurement needs to make sure that you buy according to your sustainability policy. Etc. 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 So I mean, you really, really need every function of the company to be involved and engaged.
0: Wow! Amazing, and uh, it's uh, incredible to to you know to see that the training element, as you said, as well as they need to, in order for them to believe, you need to act right because without action, the communication alone it's not sufficient to get you know the action. So uh, I I love that. Yeah, we could stay here you know talking forever because it's such a uh, you know a, a topic that here at imaging power you're so kind of eager to understand more and talking with you know leaders like yourself that can bring that knowledge to our audience about how brands can type into sustainability and how you know we can start so here for audience today i think as a you know final message from you i love you i know you're talking about that's all important to start so if you could give, you know, an advice for brands that wants to type in sustainability, but also consumer it, what would be your, you know, let's say your three, you know, main things that would you would say for them to actually act and make a starting point?
1: Um, depending on the size of the company and the phase they're in, because companies are in so many different phases right now. I think many are getting involved, but still in different phases. But if, you're, if you haven't done anything, um, then I would say you need to reach out to some expert. Uh, and if that is academia um, or if uh, that, that to support you or if it's consultants, uh, that I think it's based on you know, how you normally go about things that are new. Like how did you go about digital when you started to realize that that was important for your company? So I think reaching out to people who, who know, uh, work it through with the management team, because this is fundamentally about strategy and strategic direction and, and the brand and who you are and what you do. So you need to start from the top and, and really educate management team, discuss. You need a strategy. Uh, you need to kind of decide what will you prioritize. Um, once you get a bit further, uh, especially on the climate side, I mean, you need to sign up to science-based targets. You need to set clear tangible concrete goals that are measurable Um, and you cannot set 2050 goals because I mean you can have that as a kind of long-term moonshot this is where we're heading for but you need to be realistic I mean who who in senior management today will be around in 2050 so you need to set goals um, that are within five or ten years so you as a management management team feel like okay, we are actually pretty responsible and accountable for these goals. Uh, And if we don't start now, we will leave something to those coming after us, making it almost impossible for them to act in in a good way for society and for the planet. So I think get started, get knowledge outside if if you don't have it inside, set goals uh, and set a strategy. Those are the kind of starting points. There's a book actually coming very soon, where they have written a kind of a how-to, how-to guide based on learnings from a lot of companies. So I think there's a lot of literature. And I think once you, once you get into the space, there, there's, so much, there's so much knowledge out there. So through social media, through LinkedIn, uh, books. Uh, so I would say, dig into the topic uh, and really learn and, and also check out what others are doing in your sector and learn from them
0: amazing thank you so much p and i think once you find a way there is no way back right when you topic into this sustainable world of living i think once you're there it's very difficult as a as a consumer or as a brand to to go back to where it was because when you as you said when you dig in into the subject you can clearly understand that you can make an impact even if a tiny little one but you can be part of You know of a of a better world uh not just for today but the future that lets us you know our kids and you know the kids of our kids but it's just how about you know it's all about where to start and how to start and once you're there learning more about it from as you said for people that has the skills about it or books or in social media uh there is no way back
1: and it's so much more fun i mean Fun, really, like if I look at IKEA, uh, sustainability is the top third reason why people choose to work for the brand. So, you know, colleagues, the people you work with is number one, then serving the customer, and then it is sustainability. So, you know, making money, making profit, making a difference, and doing something that's actually good and useful for, for beyond your own borders, it's just so much more fulfilling. So I think, like you say, once you get into that, you don't want to go back because you're having so much more fun.
0: Yeah. So when there is a purpose linked to what we do, it's much more fun. You know, to wake up in the morning makes much more sense, right? When you know that you're working for something that has is a great meaning behind and a great purpose and then actually yourself is making an impact. Pia, thank you so much. What an incredible conversation. I'm pretty sure our audience today... Uh, got to know more about you about your experience but also got a lot of knowledge and I really hope our audience will feel inspired to start making an impact even if it's small one so thank you so much for your time and for being here with us at our podcast so such a pleasure to meet with you and talk to you today
1: thanks it was really lovely talking to you too as well
0: thank you so much Ed for being my co-host today Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode so i hope you have enjoyed your first one i have
2: i've really enjoyed it actually looking forward to the next one Mara.
0: amazing very good so thank you everyone that have listened us today so if you're not following us yet please make sure to follow us on spotify on apple amazon and on youtube so very much appreciate your time with us hope you have enjoyed this amazing conversation and then if you have any questions in regards the subjective or sustainability or if any question you wanted to, you know, us to send to Pia, feel free to reach out to us at Imaging Power. And I'm very much looking forward to see you all on our next episode. Thank you again, Pia and Ed, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, everyone.